0: God is good all the time. Anybody enjoyed the praise and worship this afternoon? Man, this, when you come to Chapel Change, you're going to at least burn some calories at Chapel Change. Hello, somebody. you going to at least. Uh, praise God. We are so spoiled with our worship team, our praise and worship team, and our band. Let's give the Lord a hand. Praise one more time for our worship team. Uh, I want to make an announcement for our youth. We are going to be sending our youth to winter camp in a couple months to go meet God. We want them to meet God. Did it, has anybody ever had an experience when you were younger with God that you never forgot? I'm sure most of us did, and they become uh, somewhat of a compass for us for whenever we kind of stray, we, God always reminds us of that moment we had with God, and that's what we want to give the youth. Uh, going to winter camp. And so we have a, a fundraiser going on where they're uh, selling raffle tickets and you can get information in the lobby. Uh, but we're asking everybody to participate. Get a raffle ticket, help sponsor a youth. If you're able, if you're able to help sponsor youth, that would be awesome too. But at least get a raffle ticket to uh, help uh, send some youth out to meet God. Amen. I also want to do something uh, uh, a little different before we get into the word. I want to bring up uh, Pastor Renee and Matt. Pastor Renee and Matt. Come on up, Pastor Renee and Matt. Come on up, come on up. Let's give it up for Pastor Renee and Matt. I really, I just want to, I want to introduce you to Pastor Renee and Matt. Because Pastor Rene is the pastor of our death ministry. And we're experiencing uh, a move of God. Amen. This is how you clap. This is how you clap like this. Go like this, everybody. This is how you clap, right? All right, go do it again. All right, that's how you clap. Um, But we're experiencing a move of God in our death ministry, which we're super grateful for. Uh, One of the things that the pandemic did was expand our reach online. Uh, Pastor Renee is reaching thousands of people online also uh, with the gospel. And I just wanted to kind of introduce everybody because kind of, we, got, we got a lot of new people, a lot of new people that don't know us, right? And uh, we're so proud of Pastor Renee and, and Brother Matt. We're so proud of both of them. next month, I believe it's February 20th. It's a Sunday. Uh, we're going to have an installation ceremony where we install Pastor Renee as the pastor uh, uh, of the deaf ministry within Chapel of Change. So we're going to have free lunch then. It's going to be a, a celebration. But I want you guys to get ready because it's going to be a special, a special ceremony. To my knowledge, to my knowledge, it's going to be our first. Deaf pastor uh, within our larger church family. Uh, So we are super, super uh, excited about that to just be a part of what God is doing. So let's give the Lord a hand, praise for Pastor Renee. Like this, like this, forgot it, like that, like that. God bless you. God bless you. You gotta go like this, you gotta go like this. Y'all, you gotta pay attention, pay attention. Now, when I preach, you can go like this. Oh, you can go like this, too. I want want to invite you uh, to turn in your Bibles to Matthews chapter 19. Matthews chapter 19. And as you're turning there, I also send greetings to those uh, watching online. If you're watching online, God bless you. Thanks for tuning in and joining us in the worship and the study of God's word. But Matthews 19 verses 16 through 22 is going to be the focus of our study together. And as you know, we have been teaching on this broad subject of all in. Someone say all in. We've been teaching on this broad subject. And all in means to be fully committed to Jesus, fully committed to his kingdom and fully committed to his church. Fully committed. Are you following along? That's what it means to be all in. Fully committed to Jesus, his kingdom, and his church. And my prayer is that we all, individually and as families, be all in this year. The opposite of all in is half stepping. Half stepping. Remember that song back in the days? Ain't no half stepping. Why do you act like you've never been to the club? (laughs) Well, we don't want to be half-stepping for Jesus. We want to be all in. And so we're studying from this subject. We're examining one of Jesus' most shocking encounters that he has when he was on this earth. It's an encounter that he has with a young adult. Any young adults in the house this afternoon? Raise your hand if you're a young adult, 18 to 30-ish, right? Not you, Irene. Oh, Benny, I'm sorry. By the way, God is moving in our young adults at Chapel of Change. There is a movement within our young adults at Chapel of Change. God is doing something. So if you're a young adult, I encourage you to get... Uh, connected. Get connected. Matter of fact, uh, get connected with Lua. Lua, raise your hand, Lua. Get connected with Lua after service and she'll let you know what the young ad- adults are doing. But God is moving within our young adults. But this encounter that Jesus has is with a young adult. It's with the young adult. But he wasn't a, a normal young adult. This particular young adult had it going on. In a worldly sense he had it going on he was rich he had property lots of property and he had leadership the Bible says he was a rich young ruler and on top of that he was morally kind of strong he wasn't a thief when you think about Jesus calling people a lot of the, not a lot, but a couple of the original apostles, they were thieves when Jesus called them. Remember Zac- Zacchaeus? Uh, he was a businessman, but he was a thief. But this particular young man on the surface uh, had it going on. He had money. He had property. He was a ruler of a, presumably, of a synagogue. Now, that's fascinating because in this culture, typically the rulers of the synagogue were elderly people up in age so this young man uh, was sharp his intellect was sharp he was able to rise above the upper echelon of his uh society but there was something going on on the inside of this young man there was something going on below the surface that it appears that only jesus could identify And so we're going to read this encounter and i'm going to bring out some reflections that i believe will challenge you inform you and even transform you are you ready matthew chapter 19 verses 16 through 22 hear the word of the lord it says now behold someone say behold so uh, anytime you see that word behold in the bible the LBC translation is, it's about to go down. It's about to go down. When you see that word behold, it's God saying, hey, pay attention. Pay attention. Don't turn the other way. Don't turn the other way. Don't get distracted. When you see that word behold, God is trying to get your attention. And the LBC translation, is about to go down. Are you following along? So he says, now behold, one came and said to him, Good teacher what good things shall I do that I may have eternal life So he said to him why do you call me good no one is good but one that is God but if you want to enter into life keep the commandments And he said to him which ones and Jesus said you shall not murder you shall not commit adultery hello somebody you shall not steal Hello, somebody. You shall not bear false witness. Honor your father and your mother. The Lord looked out for parents right there. Some of y'all parents missed your place to say amen. You mi- I'm going to give you another chance. Some of y'all parents, you know your kids ain't listening to you, and you missed your place just to say amen. So I'm going to say it again. Honor your father and your mother. Yes. He looked out for parents. I wish my kids were on the front row. and you shall love your neighbor as yourself. God looked out for our neighbors. You can't be a good Christian and a bad neighbor at the same time. You can't be a good Christian and a bad co-worker at the same time. The young man, notice it says young man, because it's it's calling attention to that he's a young adult. I want you to catch this. This This is a young adult. He says, the young man said to him, all these things I have kept from my youth what do I still lack leave it to a young adult to try to flex on Jesus this brother had his nerve leave it to a young adult to try to flex on Jesus I've been doing this since I was a kid my mama been taking me to church since I was a kid I, I, I was born in church that's what that brother was trying to say I was born in church. I went to Sunday school. I went to children's ministry. I've been around the word of God uh, uh, all my life. Have you? That's what the young man tried to flex on Jesus. And Jesus said in verse 21, he said, if you want to be perfect, that word perfect means to be whole. It means to be whole. Go sell what you have and give to the poor. And you will have treasure in heaven and come follow me. Someone say, Follow me. Verse 22 is our last verse, one of the most shocking verses in the entire Bible. Man, every time I read this verse, and I'm gonna come back to this story for the next probably month, y'all are gonna be mad at me because I'm gonna say, Let's turn to the rich young ruler. Look at verse 22. But when the young man, notice it says young man again. It could have easily been a young woman. The point is it's a young person. But when the young man heard that saying, heard the word of God, he went away sorrowful for he had great possessions. Wow. How do you walk away from Jesus sad? He's supposed to walk away from Jesus sad. You're supposed to walk away from Jesus glad. You're supposed to walk away from Jesus like we were doing 15 minutes ago, dancing. You're supposed to walk away from Jesus baptizing the Holy Ghost, maybe speaking in tongues. Ain't supposed to walk away from Jesus sad. You'd be surprised how many young adults today are still walking away from Jesus sad. Because they're unwilling to give up this world to follow Jesus unwilling to give up something in this world to follow Jesus. Maybe it's money like this guy. This guy's issue was money. Uh, Maybe your issue is a relationship. You'll be surprised. I see it all the time. People ain't willing to give up a relationship to have a relationship with Jesus. They ain't willing to give it up. They built up a certain thing in life, and they think, They've got to have it forever. They think that they cannot live without it. They think that they will not be able to, like, succeed. I, I was talking to, I've talked to, I've, I've heard it many times, many times where, where a young person, or not even a young person, is anybody, that they built up a certain type of lifestyle that's not necessarily in alignment with God. And they know it's not in alignment with God because they just confess it. They say, Brian, I hear what you're saying. I understand what you're saying, but I'm just not willing to give it up. Or they think they cannot live without that thing I've see that all the time I'm here to testify all you need is Jesus I'm here to testify that Jesus will provide for you what you need he will provide for you what you need in fact Jesus teaches if you give up something he will multiply that thing in your life he will It may take some time it's not gonna be easy it may take a little bit of heartache because sometimes we grow attached to certain things or people. And sometimes we have to have our heart broken, but better to be heartbroken in this world than to be have our heart whole and not enter into the kingdom of God. This young man wasn't ready, wasn't willing to give it up. I, I could understand if he walked away from Jesus mad. I get that because sometimes we get mad at God. He tells us to do something we don't want to do. We walk away mad. I think God gives us space to be mad as long as we work it out before the sun sets. But to walk away sad, he left that thing all on the table right there. I want to examine this encounter today. And I'm going to bring out some points that will inform us and transform us. But the first thing that I found it necessarily to tackle is that jesus does not deny he is god jesus does not deny he is god now i bring this out as the first reflection just to kind of get i want to get this out of the way because many cults and non-believers will twist up jesus's answer in verse 17 to mean that he just denied his deity, or he just denied that he was God. So listen to what Jesus says in verse 17. He says, Why do you call me good? No one is good but one that is God. And so the cults or non-believers will say, Oh, look, look, that just sounds he like he denied that he's God. That, that sounds like he denied his deity, but wrong, someone say wrong. Um, so I, I need to tackle this, that Jesus didn't deny he is God. Uh, in fact, he, he reinforces that he's God. The young man calls Jesus good, and Jesus responds by saying, no one is good but God. Calls him good, but he responds by saying, no one is good but God. How many you know that God is good? So so he doesn't deny that that he is that, that he is God. He actually reinforces uh, that he is God. But in the bigger picture, in the bigger picture, Jesus didn't go around bragging that he was God anyways. Did you catch that? Jesus didn't go around bragging that he was God. He didn't have to brag that he was God. That wasn't his main mission when he came on the earth. In, in fact, when, when, when you're God, you don't have to brag that you're God. Are you picking up what I'm putting down? He, he, didn't, he didn't brag that he was God, but it, it did leak out. <laughs> if you're God, it's going to leak out. You ain't got to go bragging that you're blessed either. You ain't got to brag. If you're truly blessed, guess what? It's going to leak out. It's, it's going to leak out. You ain't got to brag that, that, that God is on your side uh, because if he is on your side, it's going to leak out. It's going to leak out. So Jesus, particularly in this case, his goal with this young adult was not to reveal that he was God. His objective in this encounter with this young adult was to to show the young adult his sinfulness, but simultaneously show the young adult the goodness of God. That was his objective in this encounter. Besides, there are many, many other scriptures, when you balance the totality of the word of God, that prove and reveal Jesus is God. There's many other scriptures. For example, the Old Testament prophets revealed that the Christ, the Messiah, Jesus, would be God in the flesh. In Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6, listen to this. It says, for for to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God. Someone say Mighty God. So the Old Testaments, they revealed that the the Christ that was going to come, the Messiah that was going to come, he was going to be God in the flesh. Even Jesus' enemies, when he was on this earth teaching and preaching, picked up that he was God. In John chapter 10, verse 38, listen to this. It says, the Jews answered him, it is not for a good work that we're going to stone you, but for blasphemy because you, being man, make yourself out to be God. See, when you're God, it will leak out. It'll leak out. So the Old Testament prophets revealed that Jesus was God. His enemies picked up that he was God. But even the apostles taught and revealed that Jesus is God. The apostle John in chapter 1, verse 1, connected to verse 14. Listen to what he says. He says, in the beginning was the Word. Someone say Word. And the Word was with God. And the Word was God. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory. So the Apostle John reveals that Jesus is God. For he says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And then in verse 14, it says, the Word became flesh. And I like another translation that says, and he made his home amongst us. God left heaven to come to earth to be our homeboy. Paul, the apostle, also revealed that Jesus is God in 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. Listen to what he says. He says, and without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifested in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen by angels, preached among the Gentiles, believed on in the world, and received up to glory. So if you're exploring chapla of Change and you're wondering a little bit about what Chapla of Change believes or what we're about, one of the things you need to understand is that we believe that Jesus is God in the flesh. One of the things that we believe is that God left his throne in heaven and came down to earth to redeem us from the consequences of sin. That's what we believe. And that's part of the gospel story part of the gospel story is that our creator God loved us so much That he looked down from heaven and he seen the corruption of sin and the corruption of of brokenness. And he said, you know what? The kings cannot fix this. The prophets cannot fix this. No president can fix this. So I'm going to go down there myself, wrap myself up in human form, subject myself to the brokenness and hurt of this world, die, hang up on that cross, and on the third day rise from the grave with all power and might in my hand and save them myself. That God loves you so much that he left his throne in heaven to save us. So, Jesus does not deny he is God. I wanted to get that out there so that we understand that and give you a basic theology 101 on the deity of Jesus. Now, the second thing that I want to point out is that Jesus reveals the young ruler's sinfulness write that down if you have a pen and a paper jesus reveals the young ruler's sinfulness so i want you to follow along cuz i'm going to cause you to think for a second jesus is walking down the street and this young rich ruler this this baller he got he got money he got influence He sees Jesus, and he immediately starts to run to Jesus. He throws himself down at Jesus' feet, and he asks him a question. He says, Jesus, what must I do to be saved? What must I do to receive eternal life? Surprisingly, shockingly, this is why Matthew starts off his account with behold. Remember what behold means? It means it's about to go down. Surprisingly, Jesus does not answer the way that we expect him to answer. Shockingly, Jesus does not answer the way that we expect him to answer that question. Jesus, what must I do to be saved? What must I do to receive eternal life? What would you do if someone asked you that today? What, what answer would you give? Like, what would you say to somebody who, who comes up to you and says, what must I do to be saved? I would dare say that nine out of ten of us in this room would say, you just got to believe. You just got to believe. You just got to believe in Jesus. You just got to trust in Jesus. Nine out of ten of us would probably answer like that, but Jesus does not answer like that he sees something in his heart that no one else sees he's able to do a spiritual x-ray in his heart and Jesus does not say just believe or just trust in me and everything will be okay no 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 Jesus is able to see beyond the surface he's able to see so I'm going to read again the exchange between this young adult and Jesus in verse 16 and 17. And then I'm going to ask you a question. Listen to this exchange in verse 16 and 17. It says, Now behold, one came and said to him, Good teacher, what good thing shall I do that I may have eternal life? So Jesus said to him, Why do you call me good? No one is good but one that is God. So you... If you've been here a while, you know that I teach. When you study the Bible and you see a word that is repeated, what do you do? You circle that word. You highlight that word. Put an underline under that word. Why? Because God is trying to get something across to you. God is trying to repeat himself. He wants you to, it's about to go down right now. So, So when I read verses 16 and 17, let me ask you this question. What is the word that is repeated in this passage of scripture? This side, what is the word? That side, what is the word? That side, what is the word? Oh, y'all are good. Y'all make me happy. You paying attention. Listen, surprisingly, Jesus takes issue with the young ruler's use of the word good. Surprisingly. Jesus, what must I do to inherit good teacher? What must I do? What good thing must I do to inherit eternal life? You would think he would say, come to me and believe. Come to me and trust in me. You would think he would have said that, but no, he sees something. He sees something in his heart, and he he loves him enough to tell him the truth. He loves him enough to tell him the truth. Y'all need somebody in your life that will love you enough to tell you the truth. You don't need somebody that's gonna tell you it's all good, it's all good, it's all good when all hell is breaking loose in your life. You don't need somebody to give you a hug if you're tripping, slipping, and dipping. No, you need somebody to sit you down and love you enough to tell you the truth. So surprisingly, Jesus takes issue with his use of the word good. Someone say good. Now, the word good here doesn't mean good looking. As on the outside. Doesn't mean good looking, like on the outside. Uh, But the word good here means to be good at the core. Means to be good at the core. It means to be intrinsically good, to be good on the inside. And the problem with the young ruler is that he thought he was good. He thought He was good. And Jesus doesn't let him off the hook. Doesn't let him off the hook. He loves him enough to confront him about his understanding of the word good. Are you following along? Jesus says, no one is good but God. Now, what's fascinating is the young ruler should have known he should have known that no one stands before God good he should have known that everyone who stands before God apart from the Christ in their life is sinful and broken he should have known he's the one that said he's known the Word of God since he was little He's the one that flexed on Jesus. I've been going to church since I was little. I know that. I know that. I know that. Uh, Yeah, you you, you think you do, but you did it. How can you be going to church all those years and still miss it? It's possible to be reading your Bible all these years and still miss it. It's possible to be going to church for 30 years and still miss it. This guy was so close, yet he was so far away. Jesus loves them enough to confront him he should have known he should have known that the scripture teach in Psalms chapter 14 verse 2 and 3 that the Lord looks down from heaven upon the children of men to see there are who understand him who seek God they have all turned aside they have all together become corrupt there is no one who does good no not one should have known the scripture teaches that. Should have known that the scripture teaches there's no one that does good, no, not one. And Jesus utterly blows up his concept of good. He utterly blows up his concept of good. Jesus nails him. Jesus nails him because he should have known. He should have known the more you receive, the more you're going to be held accountable for. much is given to much is required he should have known should have known that Psalms 143 verse 2 says no one alive is righteous before God no one alive is righteous before God and it's interesting because when you think about the world today the world today still misunderstands the word good follow along with me because it's interesting that that this is still a prevalent problem uh, amongst people today that, that surprisingly as the rich young ruler threw loosely around the world good, the world today today still loosely throws around the word good and even today if there's one word the world does not understand is the word good. And The world loosely throws around this word good. You don't believe me? Just do a survey on Alondra and ask people, are you good? Are you good? I would dare say nine out of ten. You know how they'll answer? It's all good. I'm good. You don't believe me? Go, Go to a funeral. Go to a funeral. And the deceased individual can live all their life as a bandit. As a bandit. And the moment they get in the casket, what is everybody saying about them? He was good. The world misunderstands this word good and and loosely throws uh, it around. And the problem with that is if you think you're good, you will not have a need for a savior. Are you following along? The problem with that is if you think you are good, you will not have a need for a Savior because we do not come to Jesus good. No one comes to Jesus good. You may think you're good. He thought he was good, but he wasn't. And no one gets brownie points from God by bragging about their goodness. No one gets brownie points from God. In fact, let me take you deeper. The sinfulness and the brokenness of mankind is the bad news we cannot skip. The sinfulness and the brokenness of mankind is the bad news that we cannot skip. The reason is, if you skip the bad news, you won't appreciate the good news. If you skip the bad news you will not appreciate the good news and the book of Romans chapter 3 verse 10 says there's no one righteous not even one there's no one righteous not even one the book of Romans says in Romans 3 23 it says for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God you see, the reason why I'm motivated to be all in is because I recognize Jesus delivered me from the all bad. You see how that get, how that goes? The reason why I'm motivated to be all in is because I recognize Jesus saved me from the all bad. I recognized I needed a savior. I recognized I needed a deliverer. I recognized there were some things in my life that I needed to repent of. I recognized that there were some things in my life that I had to get rid of in order to make room for Jesus in my heart. Did you catch that? because as long as you stuff your heart with the things of the world you will not give room for Jesus to live in your life oh you may try to add him to your life but he's not going that's one of the problems with the church in America today that by and large people think that they could just add Jesus to their life without getting rid of stuff that has been holding them down and Jesus is not going in the car He's not going in the car. He wasn't going with this young adult, and he's not going to go with you and I if we don't get rid of some stuff. Does this make sense to anybody? you got to be able to get rid of some stuff in order to make room for Jesus. That's why this young adult walked away sad. He did not want to get rid of some stuff. He didn't want to move some stuff out of his heart. And Jesus will Not just be added to our lives we'll never be all in if we don't recognize that we need to get rid of some stuff and that Jesus delivers us from the all bad so Jesus reveals the young rulers sinfulness to uncover his need for a Savior. He reveals the young ruler's sinfulness to uncover his need for a Savior. But he doesn't stop there, he does something else that is shocking. And I'm gonna touch on this a little bit today, but we're gonna come back next Sunday and I'm gonna dive deeper on this particular subject that Jesus does. But I want you to notice something. That Jesus reveals the goodness of God. Jesus reveals the goodness of God. Now, now listen to verse 17. It says, so Jesus said to him, why do you call me good? No one is good. Did you catch that? No one is good. No one is good but one that is God. I need you to catch something here, because he throws the guy a life jacket. He says, no one is good, but notice he doesn't stop there. There's not a period behind that word. Did you catch that? He says, no one is good, but he doesn't stop there. Simultaneously, in almost the same breath, he says, no one is good but one that is God. So here's what Jesus is doing. Follow along. Jesus first holds up the young ruler's sinfulness, but almost simultaneously in the same breath, he holds up God's goodness. Did you catch that? He holds up his sinfulness. But almost simultaneously the same breath, he holds up his goodness. Thank God. See, we can go to either extreme. And people fall for either extreme. Some people, some churches and some preachers, all they do is hold up the sinfulness of man and they try to, they just bang on you and they 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 they try to, every time you come to church, they hit you over the head with a spiritual two by four and they just bang on you. That's an extreme right there. But then you can go to the other extreme where all you say, is all good, it's all good and God wants to bless you all the time and it's all good and it's all good. That's another extreme. The key is... And what we seek to do at Chapel of Change is we got to hold up the sinfulness of mankind. But at simultaneously, almost at the same breath, we don't want you to be stuck there. We don't want you to be captivated there. We need to hold up the goodness of God at the same time to let you know that you don't have to be stuck in your sin and your brokenness. There is a life jacket. There is a life jacket that you can grab, and his name is Jesus Christ. So, so Jesus, listen, I need you to catch this because I'm teaching y'all. I'm teaching y'all. He holds up the sinfulness. He, he, he said, man, you're wrong. You're messed up. And we got to do that sometimes. We gotta, I, I, I got I to tell you sometimes. <laughs> you can't be, you can't be all up in the club getting high. I got to tell you sometimes. You can't be uh, shacking up. That's just not good for God. You know, God that don't honor God. I got to tell you sometimes. You got to allow me to tell you this because. That's why God called me. So, but at the, at the same time, at the same time, I got to tell you, man, there's hope for you. There's hope for you. You, you can't make it out of that. You can make it out of that. You can get it right. You can get it right. We got testimonies of people that have given up the things of the world and God has blessed them fivefold and tenfold and twentyfold. So, so we got to do both. We got, we got, we got to hold up the sinfulness. We got to, we got to tell it like it is. Uh, I, I cannot apologize for that. I can't I got to tell it like it is, but I got to also tell you like it could be. That, that it could be. Your life could be put back together. You can be married. You can have your family back. You can have your, future back so we hold them both up there's a tension there's tension in that but we decided to live in the tension there's tension in that because some people say well well, o'brien is making excuse for people's sins no i'm not i'm not i'm not making excuse. i'm just loving people right where they're at Just loving people right where they're at. And and they're going to get the truth. They keep coming back. We're going to hit them a couple times. (laughs) But I'm not here to hit you all the time. I'm going to tell you that. That's not my job. God, that's the Holy Spirit's job, right? That's not my job to do that. So Jesus holds up this tension. He holds up the sinfulness, but He holds up the goodness of God. In other words, He's saying, You're not good, but there's someone who is. Throws them a life jacket. And says, you may be messed up, but there is someone who has it all together. Throws him a life jacket and says, you may, be, you may be shady and shaky, but there's someone who's solid like a rock. Solid. Solid like a rock. He says, you're not good, but God is good. And we're going to dive deeper into this next week, but I want to set this up for next Sunday because the goodness, goodness is part of God's core value. It's, it's part of co- God's core value. And when you, think of, when you think of the goodness of God, God's goodness speaks of his generosity towards us. It speaks of his generosity towards us. When you think of the goodness of God, now I'm going to dive deeper next Sunday. I just want to give you a taste of the goodness of God. But, but when, you, when you think about the goodness of God, it's his generosity towards us. He longs to bless us. He, he longs to give us joy. Like, like he's, he's looking over heaven. Just, he just wants to bless us. He, he wants to give us joy. That's, that's the goodness of God right there. Because of his goodness, he longs. To bless us and bring us joy. And I want to encourage you, I wanna encourage you, we must, we must, we must build rhythms into our life that celebrate the goodness of God. We must regularly celebrate the goodness of God in our life. We must regularly remember when God delivered you. Remember when God was there for you, when no one else was there for you. Remember when God picked you up off the ground, gave you some money, put clothes on your back. Remember when God healed your broken heart. Remember when God gave you a breakthrough. Remember when God restored your relationship. Remember when God gave you that job and gave you that raise. You weren't supposed to have that job. You weren't qualified for that job. But God gave it to you anyways. And then he messed around and gave you a raise. See, we got to celebrate what God has done. You know why? Because what gets celebrated gets repeated. What gets celebrated gets repeated. Maybe the reason why God is not answering your prayers anymore is because you ain't celebrated the prayer he did answer. Maybe the reason why God is not giving you any more breakthrough is because you haven't celebrated the breakthrough he gave you three years ago. You took it like, like a crack addict and ran with it. What gets celebrated gets repeated. So God is telling you, you better go back. You better go back. Don't just run with that raise. Don't run with that position. Don't just run with that blessing. You better go back. Even if it was three years ago, you better go back. Go find that, that, that goodness and celebrate it with somebody. Hold somebody down at the, at the parking lot and say, hey, let me tell you what God did three years ago. You're a little late, but it's okay. One of the reasons why I'm all in is because I built this rhythm in my life to celebrate the goodness of God. You hear me tell stories that happened 10 years ago as if it happened yesterday. Why? Because I'm constantly celebrating the the goodness of God because this world is messed up. This world is messed up. And if you don't celebrate the goodness of God, you're going to celebrate the badness of man. Ooh, that was a word for somebody. If you don't celebrate the goodness of God, you're going to celebrate the badness of man. And every time we we get in arguments and every time we point our finger at the world and every time we try to yell at the world, that's what we're doing. We're celebrating the badness of man. So I got to slow down and I got to celebrate the goodness of God. And oftentimes I would, I would drive by our Paramount campus right here because we live not too far along from here. So I would drive by here throughout the week sometimes. And driving by here, I would look at the campus and I would slow down several times. And I would be like, dang, God gave us that. Like, we own this thing right here. Not me, but we as a church. We own this thing right here. And I'll I'll, I'll drive by, like, real fast at times, but then I had to slow down. And I, like, literally, like, slow down right here. And I look, and sometimes I come in, and I just do a drive-through, a (laughs) drive-by. And I look, and I say, dang, 2.3 acres of land? 140 parking spaces, 20,000 square feet of property, fits 500 people, valued at $4 million. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. I Listen, I paroled to the city of Paramount in 2008. I ain't never been to the city of Paramount in my life. I grew up on that side of Long Beach, like far west side. That I grew up over oh, Wilmington and Carson. This was a whole different like island to me. I'd never been here as a kid. Paroled here in 2008 because my lovely wife was here. And five years later, God allowed us and empowered us to buy. That's the goodness of God 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 listen listen Psalms chapter 23 says surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life man I came to a place many years ago I came to a place many years ago where I said I'm tired of badness and brokenness following me around I came to a place many years ago where I'm tired like I felt the pain of sin I've been isolated and and I've been rejected and I've been in a lonely place I felt the sting of sin I know what it feels for badness and brokenness just to follow you around everywhere you go And I came to a place in my life, I said, no, 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 no. Ah, the buck stops here. Ain't no badness and brokenness going to follow me. I want goodness and mercy to follow me all the days of my life. I want goodness and mercy upon my family. I want goodness and mercy upon my kids. I want goodness and mercy with with my kids. And so I'm determined every every time, everywhere I go, I, I walk, go, walk around, I got two homeboys on the back of me, backing me up. I got two homeboys. I got I got goodness on one side, and I got mercy on the other side. And everywhere I go, every once in a while, I got to pause and just look over my back and wait for goodness to show up. And everywhere I go, mercy and goodness. And, and every room I step into, y'all going to love me, because every room I step into, mercy and goodness follow. And it's going to slap you upside the head, because that's what's following me in the name of Jesus goodness and mercy follow me all the days of my life let's bow our heads in the presence of the Lord with every head bowed and every eye closed just for a couple moments the Lord has spoken and we want to just pause What was the Lord trying to get across to you? Every head bowed and every eye closed. Everybody remained seated in the presence of the Lord. I feel the presence of the Lord. I feel that God wants to pour out his goodness on somebody today. The scripture teaches, taste and see that the Lord is good. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Maybe there's someone in here who's been broken by the world. Maybe there's someone here who has been broken by their own decisions. Maybe there's someone in here who has some brokenness in their heart that you need God to heal. The Bible teaches, taste and see that the Lord is good with every head bowed and every eye closed if you're here today and maybe you need to get right with God maybe you need to repent maybe you need to rededicate your life to the Lord I want you to think about if that's you because in a moment I'm going to give you an opportunity to respond to the goodness of God every head bowed and every eye closed let's reflect upon the word of the Lord Out and every eye closed. We're going to stay focused on the word for a moment. The Holy Spirit is moving in this place. The enemy will not distract us. Hallelujah! 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 Behold, God wants to do a new thing in your life. God wants to do a new thing in your life. With every head bowed and every eye closed, if you're in the house today and you know that you need to get right with God, if you know you need to get right with God, if you know you need to repent, if you want to taste and see of the goodness of the Lord, I want to pray with you right where you're at. I want to pray with you right where you're at if you're here today and you need to get right with God I want to ask that you respond by standing up on your feet right now anybody needs to surrender to the Lord Jesus Christ let's stand to our feet right now I see you I see you in the back everyone else I want to ask that you remain in the atmosphere of prayer and reflection I see you standing up I see you right here anybody who needs to surrender to the Lord you want to taste the goodness of God Stand to your feet. We'll give you a moment. I see you. I see you. The Bible teaches in Psalms 34 verse 8, taste and see that the Lord is good. We'll wait a couple moments. If there's anybody else who needs to surrender to the Lord, need to get right with God, stand to your feet right now. For those of you who stood up, I wanna ask that you say this prayer with me from your heart, and then I'm gonna pray over you. Say this prayer with me. Lord God, I am sorry. I messed up. Please forgive me. Lord, I confess that I've turned from you But today, I turn back to you. Forgive me, Lord. Cleanse me, Lord. And please make me whole. I believe that Jesus died for my sins. I believe that Jesus rose from the grave to set me free. And I confess Jesus as my Savior. And I confess Jesus as my Lord. Help me to follow after you. Help me, Lord. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Let me pray for those who stood up. Let me just remain standing for a couple moments. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for all those who stood up. Lord, you know what they're dealing with, Father God, in Jesus' name. Lord, I pray that you strengthen their spirit. I pray that you strengthen their mind. I pray that you give them the courage to, to push out those things in their life that, that are hindering them. Give them the courage, Lord, to push out those things that are hindering them, Father God. And I pray that you fill them with your goodness, Lord God. Fill them with your goodness, Almighty God, we pray. Fill them with your goodness, Lord Lord God. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. And everyone says, amen and amen. Let's give the Lord a hand. Praise You may be seated. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. The Bible teaches that the angels in heaven are rejoicing right now because people are making decisions for Jesus. If you just surrendered your life to the Lord right now, I really want to encourage you uh, to take your next step, your next step. If you just serve the Lord right now or just surrender to the Lord right now, serving the Lord is a journey. Someone say journey. It's a journey of steps, journey of steps. You took a step by coming to church today. You could have been anywhere today, but you said, you know what, I'm going to go to church. You took that step. And you know, the Bible teaches that if you draw close to God, he'll draw close to you. If you draw close to God, he'll draw close to you. Look at this. The Holy Spirit, touch your heart to surrender to, surrender to Jesus. And the Bible teaches that the angels in heaven are rejoicing right now. So I want to encourage you. I want to I help you to identify your next step. Everybody say next step if you just surrendered your life to the Lord right now, or maybe you just surrendered your life to the Lord the last maybe a couple weeks, your next step is to join us for prayer and worship on Thursday nights right here in the sanctuary. Thursday nights right here 715 for the next several weeks we have dedicated to prayer and worship. If you don't know how to pray, just come sit down in the atmosphere of prayer and worship. Tell God you love them a million times. But this is part of your foundation. This is your next step. Is to pray and worship with us on Thursday nights at 715. We have children's ministry then. You can bring your kids. We also have youth ministry that night. But this is the next step. Everybody say next step. Now, if you've been been coming to Chapel of Change for like six months or a year, I got a next step for you. Why y'all looking at me like that? It's all about next steps. Serving the Lord is a journey. If you've been coming to Chapel of Change for the last six months, and you regularly come to Thursday nights, you've you've come to Thursday nights, your next step is to join a small group. A small group. Someone say small group and the reason is is you need to get connected to the life of the church the christian life or worship it got two main phases to it there's the large gathering and then there's the smaller gathering this is the large gathering right here this is the large gathering if all you do is experience the large gathering you're only experiencing fifty percent of your journey fifty percent of your journey in the large gathering, the seeds of healing are planted. But in the smaller gatherings, the harvest of healing is experienced. The harvest of healing. You don't want just the seeds, you want the harvest. Does that make sense? So if you're, if you're a sister in the house, we have multiple small groups for women throughout the week. We even have them on Zoom. You ain't even got to put Aquanet in your hair. You just got to go on Zoom. Well, maybe you got to put Aquanet, but we have in-person small groups and we have Zoom small groups. So if you're a sister in the house, before you leave, I want you to connect with Pastor Sandy. Pastor Sandy, raise your hand, please. Give it up for Pastor Sandy. She will let you know of the ladies' small group. There's in-person and there's online. If you're a man in the house, the same thing applies for you. You got to go to a small group. We have multiple ones throughout the week. We have online, Zoom, and in-person. So if you're a man in the house, I want you to, before you leave, get with Pastor Martin. Raise your hand, Pastor Martin. Give it up for Pastor Martin. He will let you know which one you, that is best fits for you. But also for everybody, Pastor Martin and his wife lead a Zoom prayer on Mondays and Wednesdays and Fridays at 7 8 a.m. in the morning. 8 a.m. in the morning. That's another way you can can connect. Trying to help you understand your next step. Someone say next step. I got one more. If you've been coming to this church for six months or a year. Raise your hand if you've been coming to this church six months or a year. Raise your hand. Or we could get you on videotape. (laughs) Six months to a year. You've been coming six months or a year. Raise your hand. Raise your hand one more time. All right. If you've been coming to this church or Chapel of Change for six months to a year, first of all, y'all been getting the word. Someone say amen. Help me out, somebody. Y'all been getting the word. Y'all been getting worship. Y'all been getting worship. we got anointed worshipers at uh, Chapel of Change. Y'all been getting loved on. Y'all been getting loved on. If you've been coming to Chapel of Change six months to a year, here's your next step. Your next step is to serve once a month is to serve once a month. Did you catch that? And there's different areas you can serve in. Right now, we're looking for people to serve on the host team that are ushers and greeters. Uh, Maybe you wanna serve on that. After service in the lobby, get some information. We're also looking for people that will serve in the children's ministry. We are serious about teaching kids about Jesus. And so we got kids that come. You may not have to be a teacher, you could be an assistant once a month someone say once a month so I encourage you take that next step everybody say next step all right let's praise the Lord everybody we're gonna prepare to worship the Lord with our tithes and offerings this afternoon we're gonna prepare to give back unto the Lord I want to call the ushers up forward as we prepare to give always remember that we give out of gratitude and gratefulness we do not give out of obligation you don't give because you feel like you have to give give out of gratefulness that god has been good to you someone shout amen to that give out of gratefulness so we encourage you to give your best gift unto the lord today think about how god has answered your prayer think about how god has done something significant in your life and give out of that thankfulness. There are several ways that you can give. You can give through an envelope. there's an envelope in the back of your seat and um, when we dismiss the ushers, uh, you can put your offering in the bucket. After service, if you want to give through a debit card, uh, uh, there's a table in the lobby where you can give through a debit card that's available. If you want to give online, chapelofchange.org. Those watching online, most of our church gives online before they even come to church. Uh, that's an option. We also have a phone option that you can give. The phone number's on our webpage. You just text chapel to that uh, number and you can give through texting on your phone. So you know God loves you when he gives you options. He loves you when he gives you options. Uh, as you prepare to give, a couple announcements to make. Uh, Don't forget we have Thursday worship and prayer right here in the sanctuary at 715. You're invited to come back. Don't forget we're doing a fundraiser for the youth winter camp. I encourage you to participate with that. Buy one of those raffles and help send a youth uh, to winter camp. Help send a youth to have an encounter uh, with God. We encourage you to be a part of that. Also if you have not downloaded our phone app, go to our webpage. uh, Download our phone app. Uh, Every Sunday After we preach and teach, we upload the sermon on our phone app. uh, And you can listen to it on the way to work. You can listen to it in your car. You can get a double dose of the Holy Ghost. So I encourage you to do that as well. Also, lastly, if you're not on my text group, I want to be able to send you a text message once a week. You could also text your prayers into this uh, number. This is a way that you and I can stay connected during these difficult days. Uh, We also send updates on our church text your name to the number on the screen, and we'll put you in a group, and uh, we'll stay connected uh, that way. So what we're going to do is we're going to pray over the offering. uh, We're going to collect the offering, and then I'm going to come back and dismiss with a blessing. So let us pray. Father, we thank you for the ability to give. We worship you through this giving. Receive these funds for your kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen. Let us give unto the Lord. Let us stand to our feet to receive the blessing of the Lord. If you know anybody who needs this message, I would encourage you to text them and invite them tonight to 430 Carson. I'll be teaching the same message in person tonight at our 430 service, and you can be used by God. Text them. Don't forget our radio... Ministry is at, 4, it's at uh, 3.30 on KKLA 99.5 every Sunday. Uh, you're invited to listen into that if you're in the car. I want to ask our pastors and leaders to come up to the altar. If you need special prayer after we dismiss with a blessing, you're welcome to come up and share with the pastors your need, and they will uh, pray for you. So it's our tradition to close out with a blessing. How many need a blessing from God? So let us lift up our hands unto the Lord. In the name of the Father who loves you with an endless love. In the name of the Son who died that you can live. In the name of the Holy Spirit who fills you with the goodness of God. May you go this week with mercy and goodness following you around. In the name of Jesus, God bless you. Hope to see you Thursday night or Sunday. Go in peace.